ESPN. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, and welcome to the month of April. How fast uh, spring is officially getting here. As we take a look what's happening in the markets, obviously we saw a big drop again today within the grain complex. You flip the page to the livestock and a lot of red on the screen there, which many find interesting since just in the last week we have had a cattle on feed report of last week, a hogs and pigs report of this week. Then add to it, we had the big USDA reports that came out on Thursday. We're going to start looking at the grain side of things first and sue martin joins me she is with ag and investment out of clarion iowa and a drop in the soybeans once again we see another big drop happening in the corn even in the wheat what are the factors behind a friday loss for this complex well i think in the wheat market um i i think that market has had so much built into it on ukrainian uh russian uh chaos war and so when this report came out, it was clearly bullish to wheat, especially the Durham wheat, but uh, stocks down 20, uh, two per, or 24%, I think was kind of a surprise. It, the stocks were tighter than what was originally thought. Then you look at the um, uh, corn market, and stocks there were up 2%, but the trade expected more and had dialed in more. But the huge surprise was the drop in corn acres. Nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody, there were a few, but it was really not anticipated that we would see that kind of a drop. And I think it indicated that perhaps farmers didn't get as much fertilizer bought as they wanted to last fall. And also, I think we have to keep in mind that, um, you know, fertilizer is going to be a big thing. Even China, with their lockdowns now with COVID, is experiencing issues and concerns over having enough production, let alone transportation, for fertilizer there. So fertilizer is kind of impacting a lot of places around the world. And, you know, Brazil, I think, is also going to be hit hard. Um, they don't tout it too aggressively, but I think Brazil's going to, as we go forward, will be hit hard by fertilizer shortages. And that could be the end of their expansion of acreage for both corn and soybean production. You know, we've seen... Um a little bit of rain that moved through and immediately it's like they forgot there was a drought happening in so many areas. But then we add to it the continued fires that are happening, not only in Nebraska, but in Oklahoma and in Texas, really kind of adding to the whole new level of, of worries going into spring planting. Well, it is. You know, Montana is very dry as well. And, um, you know, I think that uh, when we look at how dry um, a major portion of the country is, in fact, there's a corridor of very wet conditions, which takes in a chunk of Illinois, um, part of Indiana, and on down to to Louisiana. There's just a fine corridor there that is just absorbently wet. But everywhere else uh, from there, on west is very very dry uh the drought monitor of course is more enhanced this year again than it was a year ago and then you look at even into um the southeastern corn uh production areas and they're turning quite dry so it is a big issue and then you look at um into um brazil 
And, you know, the weather's kind of leaning a little bit on the positive side there uh, because we've got, um, I would have to say, dry safrina areas starting to increase. And after this coming week, uh, it's thought that the moisture is going to start to shut off. And right now, it's thought that about 25% of the safrina areas are starting to become fairly dry and if you get uh, some heat turning on after next week uh, in the safrina corn areas in brazil you know that's going to really enhance the uh, concerns about the corn crop there and um, i think that when we look at brazil right now the very southern part of brazil is wet and before that was an area that was dry so they we've seen some things flip a little bit but the right now the focus is on safrina and um you know right now that area inching towards 25 percent and the only thing is the temperatures have been i would say pretty favorable they're in the 80s to the low 90s so for right now that's that's not bad but boy if those if the rain stays shut off and you start to increase those temps, it's going to become a concern and that'll start to impact the market here. Well, we did see um, some talk earlier that there's there's kind of been a push in Washington to to get more E15 and have E15 be available year round to help with these higher gas prices um, that taking an effect on the markets at all. Well, it isn't. Um, not yet. Uh, you would have not noticed it today. But um, if we start to see more uh, impact, though, for E15, then we're going to start to see a situation where demand for corn just continues to increase. However, as the price goes higher, it makes it tougher on those uh, processors to be able to uh, get that uh, E15 uh, processed. What are we going to see? We've got, um, obviously, the report of uh, Thursday and looking at the markets have had a chance to digest it a little bit. Can we hope for some higher grain prices come Sunday night into Monday? You know, I'm a little bit concerned because I thought that uh, the bean market, for example, was pretty tough today. A lot of liquidation and uh, a huge increase in open interest uh, on Thursday's report coming in through today. So that would imply selling. And uh, then you look at corn and you look at the July contract of corn and that contract on the government report did make new contract highs. If- we do have a lot more coming up as we get ready to kick in the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell and starting out the month of April right here on the Rural Radio Network. Throughout the changes the last 85 years in agriculture, Fontenelle Hybrids has been there to serve Nebraska farmers. Here's veteran Fontenelle dealer Terry Kachera from Bassett. During my career as a seed dealer and farmer in Nebraska, I've seen a lot of change. As genetics and technology progress through the years and decades, Fontenelle has always been as progressive as any seed company that I've ever been around. For more, find us on Facebook or at Fontenelle.com. Always follow grain marketing and all of their stewardship practices and pesticide labor. RVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation this afternoon with Sue Martin. Sue is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. We were kind of talking a little bit about those USDA reports that we saw on Thursday. I was curious, did you see any surprises in those numbers that were released? 
Well, I think uh, the big surprise uh, for the numbers was the corn acres for me um, and the increase in stocks. I, I would have never guessed we would have seen such a sharp increase in stocks. What this implies is that as we go to the supply-demand report here in April, which is just another week or so away, um, the that those numbers are going to be infused into the carryouts. And so we're going to see increased carryouts, which should carry a little bit of a negative tone as we go towards those reports. But um, all in all, I think that, um, you know, we need to keep in mind that weather now is going to become key, very critical. And, of course, our forecast hasn't changed. It's still calling for once we get through much of April, we should turn hot and dry and be that way through uh, into September. And so I think that the market having a break in here, it's not uncommon to see beans break in uh, uh, March into April, and then they reset as we go towards planting season. And if we get delays in planting, that's going to just add a little bit more concern to the underlying support. Um, but I also think that when we look at this grain market, we have to keep in mind that, you know, already there's been reports that uh, there's been attacks. Russia has put some attacks on grain storage facilities and Odessa's grain export facilities. And Odessa's a very key part where they'd like to be or control. But if they're working on grain storage facilities, that's not going to be helpful. What are you going to do with the grain? Pile it on the ground when you harvest it? Um, it won't, it won't hold up. Plus, I heard that they're putting mines, Russia is, out in, into the ocean, which has got to cause concerns for the hopes of getting any barges in. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of your countries have decided to go elsewhere. You know, we've seen, uh, Egypt who did uh, try to work some deals with India on wheat, and Egypt is the world's largest importer. But they ended up going to France and bought 600,000 metric tons of wheat from France. You know, we're seeing uh, these different countries that would normally be buying from Ukraine going to other parts and pushing into Europe. But India is going to look to be exporting some wheat as well, maybe up towards 10 million metric tons. But India has a history of having wheat that's not of good quality and uh, of concerns and maybe not being an on-time shipper. So we'll see how that all flows. Let's switch gears over to the uh, livestock side and uh, the bullish hogs and pigs reported this week. Market didn't seem to react much. Well, it hasn't, um, which is kind of surprising in a way, but this hog market has had a pretty good move. And while I don't think it's done, uh, we've seen the hogs work pretty well into that government report. I think they were expecting that that report would be friendly. The one thing we have to keep in mind is that the carcass value has been grossly underperforming uh, compared to the negotiated cash hog market so far this year. Cash is up 74%, but the carcass is near unchanged. But here's the kicker. A vast majority of large producers get paid on formulas tied back to the carcass and not paid on the negotiated cash hog price. So these producers may not be making as much as they really should or what the board implies, and the packers doing quite well. Any thoughts on, on this cattle market as we, we move towards the springtime and hopefully some more grilling opportunities? 
Well, I think demand for beef is good, and I think it's going to get better. One thing I've wondered about, you know, first off, we have a late Easter. And so I've wondered if Lent, you know, is playing a game against demand for beef here uh, as we went through March into April. But another thing I wonder about is what about the uh, concern for um, uh the exports you know we've gotten our market opened up into china and you've got record high prices in uh, brazil for beef uh we certainly seen in our cattle and feed report that we're not seeing expansion the weather's going to play a big part in the cattle market this summer and it may end up pushing more cattle back to market or feeder calves into the feedlots. Montana, I mentioned earlier, Montana is very dry. That is one area where if they don't get rain here before so long, they'll end up having to move uh, cow-calf pairs, uh, moving the cows into the slaughter mix, and then the feeder calves go to the auctions and possibly into feedlots. So, Sue, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. It sounds like you've got someone protesting back there. I do. The grand dogs are here, and he's mad because he's in the kennel. So we'll wrap this up. I'll go take care of him. That has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.